Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. All right, peeps, you know what time it is. It's the part of the show that I get to give you a big old virtual hug and thank you for reviewing the podcast, My Labor of Love. These ratings and reviews legit mean the world to me. All right, this five-star review comes from Travels with Smiles, and she titles it Women on a Mission. Travel says, Maudie is incredible. She's not afraid to go there and provide much-needed conversations that are always just what I need to hear. There's no fluff or filler pieces here. Maudie brings very valuable insights and is a refreshing breath of truth. Oh, girl, thank you. Thank you so much for this. I can't even begin to express my gratitude for this review and this personal message. Uh, It means everything to me, and I so appreciate it. Thank you. And I would love to hear what you think of this show. Please leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening, and I'll make sure to give you some love on a future episode. We are back with Kelly O'Gara on the Living on Purpose podcast. I have only had two people as a return guest. You are the second one, Kelly, and I'm so excited to be talking to you today about career transition. I am so, so excited to be here, Maddie. Thank you for having me back. It was so much fun the first time, so I'm just excited to talk and and, uh, share what's been happening. Yes. Okay. I can't wait. Let's just get right into it. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself again? Um, Just tell us who Kelly O'Gara is. So I am now, I think since the first time I was on here, I am now a licensed mental health counselor in the Massachusetts area or the state of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And I live in the Boston area. I um, have been counseling for about three and a half years, I think now. And then recently started to branch into career empowerment coaching. Before that, I I am born and raised West Coast, lived in California, went to school. We went to school together at Gonzaga University. (laughs) (laughs) And I lived in Portland, Oregon for about 10 years before I moved to Boston. But in that time frame, and I know we'll talk more about it, is I did. I worked in higher education. I worked in fundraising. So counseling is kind of a late, late blooming career for me. Because you're so old. <laughs> we have the 40 milestone this year, which feels pretty big, right? It feels, uh, it feels big. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that we're making changes and that we're talking about making changes, radical changes to be an example for other people, because I'm talking to a lot of women and, you know, full disclosure, the reason 
that I invited you back on the podcast, not only because I adore you and love you and um, know that you have so much wisdom to share, but really a lot of my coaching clients, Kelly, are in on the precipice of transition and they're, they're like standing on the edge of a cliff, craving a change, wanting a change and not knowing how. I can't tell you how many women I've talked to recently who are either in the middle of a transition or contemplating one. And so as I'm coaching women, I thought my clients can't be the only ones having these questions. And so I thought, oh my gosh, what an opportunity to bring a career empowerment coach on the podcast to, to talk about to make making these changes, making these transitions. So can you take us through your your career transition can you take us through your story of becoming a mental health counselor congratulations and in kind of your next transition as well yeah oh my gosh so it started at Gonzaga um I was one of those first generation college students no idea what college was all about I think I remember freaking out asking if I had to bring my own trash can and like <laughs> what 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 do you <laughs> seriously oh, I know I clue so sweet that's the cutest <laughs> and, and I was like do I need to bring a phone like what did what did you know dorm rooms have I don't even know um and I was freaked out about like the financial aid yeah. and all that stuff and so right away I went right into a career counselor counseling office at Gonzaga and did like all the personality tests. And what came back was, I think, event planning or fundraising. Um, And I laugh because that kind of launched me down the path. I studied public relations. When I graduated, I moved to Portland, Oregon, because my dad lived there. Mm -hmm. And I had a connection in higher education. So worked at a small liberal arts college in Portland, Oregon that actually sadly no longer exists. Mm-hmm. and did all sorts of stuff in student development. I was in housing and um, academic advising and career counseling and all sorts of stuff. And when I was doing it, I never really, I had this in the back of my mind, I studied public relations because I wanted to do event planning. And this is where, you know, any sort of personality test you take is only as good as you know yourself because I thought I was really extroverted and loved people and loved being like up in front of everyone. And so that kind of led my whole career path Mm. until the last five plus years. Mm -hmm. So so I worked in student development and always felt like I wanted to do something else. Like I never tried public relations. I never tried going for my dreams. And here I was career counseling students to go for their dreams and not doing the same. So it just didn't feel authentic or aligned. And so at the time I was volunteering with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and they had an opening in their Portland branch. So I applied and got it and did, and that was my first jump into fundraising. I did like campaign coordinating. Mm -hmm. And then from there got back into higher education doing fundraising. And it was like every step along the way, I would think, I think I would be in a position for maybe one to two years tops. And Mm -hmm. every time I'd be like, well, this isn't working, but I just need to fix one little thing and then I'll be happy or then this will be a good fit. And the reality was I wasn't aware of my strengths and my personality. Uh And so all these tweaks were not, were never, they were never the right fit. So now when you say tweaks, were you trying to tweak yourself? Probably. Yeah. It was like, 
when I was in housing, (laughs) um, I was responsible for move out when all the students would leave. And Mm -hmm. there was a small college, which I think maybe there's only like less than 300 students living on campus. Mm -hmm. I was not very organized and I didn't keep track of all the keys very well. They were in a pile in a uh, a box in my Mm -hmm. office and we thought they were lost. My boss had to order new keys to be made for all these residence hall dorm rooms. And he's like, he's one of those examples of such an amazing boss because we're in this like high stress, get students out of campus, get ready for summer, clean and transition to summer resident students. And I lost all these keys. And he goes, Hey, Kel, what? He's like, um, and, and getting keys means you have to rekey the room. So it's really expensive. Oh, yeah. So it goes, hey, Kel, what is this? And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, it's all the keys that we thought we lost. So it was like you needed to be a highly organized individual. And that was not me. So it was like, well, why don't I do academic advising? There's some organization there. And I just went on one with students. And, you know, so it was, I think those were the tweaks. It was like, okay, this is part of, I knew enough to know that that wasn't a good strength. Yeah, I tried it, but I didn't really know what my strengths were. Got it. (laughs) That that is a really good example of like, um, I just need to change this about me. I just need to improve on this instead of thinking (laughs) the opposite. You know, maybe I'm just not good at that. So what if I just transitioned and found something that I both like and I'm good at? Yes. Oh, my gosh, Maddie. And I, I think what you nailed is, oh, my gosh you nailed like I think why people feel like a failure in their career path when they're not happy or successful and it feels like them because and I say Mm -hmm. that because personally that's what I felt I felt like I'm just not organized enough well it just wasn't the right fit for my personality and my strengths and and when I got into fundraising that was like the next step I got into ultimately ended up in the Boston area to pursue a job in fundraising Mm -hmm. because I love the area and it just has um, better opportunities than Portland, Oregon. So I worked my way to my dream job. Literally when I moved to Boston, I wanted to work for Boston university and it took me three years and then I got the job. So Mm -hmm. you'd think I would be super excited and happy and like life is amazing. Yeah. It wasn't, it was horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible experience, not for BU, not to say anything yeah, right. for you, but for me, the position I was in, um, it was to go meet with people individually and ask for money. And oh. I am really good at building relationships, but I am not good at maneuvering people for money mm-hmm. for an ask. Yeah. And I just want uh, to build relationships. I just want to point out that, or maybe even ask the question is, what do you do when you finally make it to your dream job only to find out and realize it's not your dream job? I think that's where a lot of our, a lot of our clients are. Yeah. We talked to at this age and stayed in the game, if you will, is that now we're expected to be in our dream job, right? We're expected to have made it to where we're going to be. Right. so what do we do if we're here, we're at the dream job and we don't like it? Yeah, it's painful. It's kind of a really painful and scary place to be, yeah. I think. And it can carry a lot of heaviness. Mm-hmm. For me, I think I could have been 
clinically depressed. I didn't, ironically, didn't go see a counselor. So, mm-hmm. but I, I was really sad and and unmotivated. Wow. I felt like a failure. Um, I ultimately did get let go of that position. And so then you have that piece of it, like, oh my gosh, I just can't, I'm not good enough. Right. I can't just figure it out or pull it together oh. or whatever. Right. And no, that's not it at all. Because you're not supposed to pull it together or figure it out when it's not where you're meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you transitioned out of fundraising after being let go and you went back to school at what? 36, 37. Yeah. All right. And so you've been in counseling for uh, three and a half years and you're, you're rocking it. You are, you're helping people. You are making an impact and you're considering and are in the midst of your next transition. Tell us about that. Yeah. And I want to just point out too, like sometimes making those changes takes Mm -hmm. a lot of guts and courage because, you know, fundraising though, I was let go. And I Mm -hmm. I guess you could say I didn't have the choice, but I was making a really good salary, you know, Mm -hmm. close to six figures Mm -hmm. and going then into mental health counseling. It was even, I think, my pay cut was like, a, I think I was making a third or something, okay. Okay. something you know, okay. from what okay. I was. And, and, you know, and that's what held me back from making that jump on my mm. own before I was forced to make okay. that jump. Okay. So, you know, I think there can be a lot of fear in making transition because it's like, well, I can't make it work. I'm not, I can't afford that pay cut. And the irony, or I don't think irony is the right word, but the, the awesomeness is that it, I was pushed forced to try it and it's worked. I'm working right. it. It's, and you it's, know what? The money thing is, I think, a big fear. Is a yeah. really big fear. And Cal, you did things, you thought outside the box. You found other ways to supplement your income. And so can can you talk about that a little bit? Because it is unrealistic for some of us to say, take a 66% pay decrease, yeah. right? Just to do that is unrealistic and scary as hell, right? And so what did you do in that situation to kind of make up for some of that lost income? Yeah, it was um, an intense time. And I think you really have to look at your community and your resources. And I love that you said, like, be creative, because I think that's so true. So I got my master's degree mostly paid for because I worked at the university that I went to school. So if people are thinking of going back to school, sometimes that could be an option. So you you could work for the school you might want to get a degree from, you know, or, or a school that might have an exchange program so you can get a discount. You know, that's something I don't think people, even if it's a job you hate, but you were able to, you do it for three to four years Mm -hmm. and you get your degree. Yeah. Super cool. Right. Um, I also then was taking advantage of sort of the gig economy and then left an Uber Mm -hmm. and was working on that to help pay for things like extra income. Um, I got into some of the, um, what is that? market the multi-land marketing yes Mel- thank you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that wasn't that was not a big success for me um but it, in again looking at like who I am that doesn't surprise me because you know, fundraising is a lot like sales and yeah. is network marketing is a lot like sales <laughs> sales right. mm-hmm. so um but yeah well I just think it's a great I just want to point out that it wasn't like you went like oh oh well I'm making 66 percent less income <laughs> and life is fine it was life is hard. I am hustling for this because I am now pursuing my next dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I think what it's amazing what doors open when you are aligned with your strengths and personality, because it took me probably a year to heal from um, that experience of being fired. And I think, and it was, so when I left, I was working at an agency and doing in-home therapy and then less than a year into that role um, where I had interned as a grad student, that agency called me and offered me a position as an outpatient therapist. I didn't even have to interview. It was kind of like, here it is. We think you're awesome. We want you on our team. And if you want it, it's yours, which is amazing. That's such an amazing feeling to have someone call you and be like, I have a job for you. When a a year ago I was fired because I wasn't good enough. Right. You know, or that was the perception. Wasn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so true is the universe really does kind of show up when you're ready for it. Um, I say, you know, keep your eyes open to the opportunities because they're all around. And had you stayed where you were in your quote unquote, I'm air quoting here, dream job of fundraising, these opportunities, these new career advancement um, would never have shown up. Yeah. So you were open and available to the opportunities and then they showed up. And you made the, and and you did the work as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, yes, it it was a lot of hard work and it was uh, paying attention to the opportunities and then, and continuing to do the hard work. And I think that's also kind of where, you know, you'd asked about the transition to career empowerment coaching. So I think what, where that came about is I think, you know, counseling is amazing. And I think counseling and coaching have such an intertwined connection. You know, counseling, there's a lot of like process, you're doing really kind of talk therapy, deep work, healing work, there's not always a ton of action in counseling. And that's not, I'm being very general here. So this is not true for everything, you know, Mm -hmm. in counseling, but it's, it's, it's a lot of like, soul work process, yeah. And then, and healing and then coaching is this beautiful, like, it's like, you need them both almost at the same time. Cause you, if you do counseling, the hard soul work, then you have a coach who's there really cheering you on, really getting you into action, really helping you to dial in on your goals right. and move you, you know, help you to move forward and figure out your path. And so there's such a beautiful interconnection. Um, and what I think why I was attracted to coaching is there's so much energy with it. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, the clients, you're really, you're really helping them to make change much faster than you do in counseling. Right. Right. Because it's action oriented. Yeah, definitely. I remember, you know, I do both. Of course I have a coach and I have a therapist, a counselor. And I remember back in the olden days when I was a, a noob to therapy, I kept asking my therapist, my counselor, tell me what to do. tell me what book to read. Tell me what podcast to listen to. Tell me what to to do. And he would just shake his head and say, Oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. That's not, that's not how it works. What the hell? And it has been, I can't, you know, I rave, I rant and rave about how amazing therapy is. And now I can appreciate and understand the difference. So Tell us about, tell us about your coaching practice. Tell us about your career empowerment coaching, um, who you help and, and what you, and what kind of clients you work with. And then we'll get into how, how you help them. Yeah. So I think I landed on career empowerment coaching because looking at my journey and actually talking to other women and just um, hearing some of the 
like the fears and the feelings of failure mm. um, and, and the pain that I had in my career journey and feeling mm. like I just don't know who I am and what I want and what I'm good at. Yeah. And to now be like, oh my gosh, if I had just a little bit more self-awareness and just ah. a little bit taken some time to really look at my strengths and, and go beyond just my strengths, but what makes me happy? What do I enjoy doing? Um, I think I would have gotten here much faster. And if I can help, you asked who I help, I have focused more on women. Mm -hmm. If I can help women figure that out quicker or heal from some of that pain to get them to move towards, to get them past the fear, to move towards where they really want to be. That's why I kind of chose the empowerment coaching is, is gosh, life is short. And how much time do we spend at work? I don't even know the statistics, but like, 80 80 percent of our day and 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 I think what we are seeing in the world is people want more freedom they want more choice they want more balance Mm -hmm. and enjoyment and feelings of success whatever that means for them Mm -hmm. so that is kind of why you know I ended up in that role is just taking what I've learned and trying to help people that is amazing. I love that image of like, it's almost like you wish you would have had you 10 years ago <laughs> or however many years ago, just a cheerleader, just someone to help support, figure out what you love and make moves faster. So, okay. So let's go through a process. So if, if a woman comes to you and says, Hey, I'm not really feeling fulfilled where I'm at. I want to work with you. Well, I need a cheerleader. I need some support. I need some uh, direction. How would you start helping this woman work through a possible transition while empowering where she's at? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, Sonia, I had a conversation with my husband last night because he was like, what is coaching? I don't even understand this. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, you're listening and you're validating people. And he's like, so you're just repeating back what they've said and that's coaching. I was like, no, well, it's, there's a magic to that. <laughs> it's like, it's yes. like we talk and we don't really hear what we say. Yeah. And so the power of having someone actively listen and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I hear you saying this mm-hmm. and having, and having someone say that to you and being able to see if that resonates. And then, um, it, it provides like clarity. I, I can't tell you how many, um, when I've spoken to where they'll say, I feel stuck. And then we start mm. talking and they're not really stuck. They're just kind of in the midst of the storm. And what I mean by that mm. is that they're feeling fearful or they're yeah. feeling uncertainty or they're just not wanting to listen to their deep inner mm. wisdom, or maybe they've been so out of touch with it. They're just, they don't even hear it anymore, you know? And so just asking a few questions, you can get people pretty quickly to kind of admit like when they say they don't know what they want to do, actually they do. They're just afraid to say it out loud sometimes. Like sometimes that's the case. Right. That's really interesting. I love that you brought up your husband, not understanding what coaching is and just that you listen and regurgitate. (laughs) Um, I recently had someone shoot me in some of her writing and she said, God, I'm so angry. And I was like, you know, I think you're hurt. And it's like, she knew she was hurt. She was saying she was hurt. Her words were coming out anger, but underneath was this pain and just being able to like, see 
see a little bit from the outside. I'm not in the storm. I'm not in there with her. <laughs> They'll say like, Hey sis, like, yeah, that, that was aggressive. And I see hurt and that's okay. Right. And she was, um, that's all she needed to hear to be able to take a couple steps forward in her writing. Yeah. Cause she was judging herself. I'm being aggressive. I've been angry, blah, blah, you know, all this. I said, well, what if it's just pain? And so your clients feel stuck. What are some of the fears? What are some of the big uncertainty? Um, what is some of the big uh, unawareness roadblocks that you see most often and help your clients wade through? Yeah. Um, one of those stories that comes to mind is a client I have who um, is in his late 40s and he has been wanting to do like wanting to work in medicine. And as we know, working in medicine is complicated because you do need an advanced degree. Mm -hmm. And for being in his late forties, the thought of going to medical school, you know, as soon as he would say that dream and actually own it out loud, instantly fears kicked in. It was like, well, but I'm too old for that. You know, medical schools are going to even admit me and, and they're so expensive. I can't even go to school and not have a full-time job at the same Uh time. Uh So when we started to name those fears and then unpack those fears, it was, it didn't take much probing to figure out like, okay, well, wait a minute here. You're, you own your home. This client, he owns his home. He lives in an area where he could sell his home easily and get, make money, make a profit because he lives in a great area Uh or he could rent and cover his mortgage payment and have extra income because of the area he lives in. Mm -hmm. So that became an asset he wasn't even thinking about. You know, he lives in this home and didn't even think that that's an asset he could use to afford medical school. And then we started probing a little bit more. And he was like, well, you know, I actually have a friend who's in medical school in in the Caribbean. And they are, you know, there are accredited schools and they are way more friendly to older students. So Mm. he was like, I'm going to call my friend and just get some information. And so as soon as he started to realize these fears, which felt so impassable, yep. as soon as he started talking about it, it was like, no, actually they're not as, they are legitimate, but they're yeah. not as big of an obstacle as he, he was thinking they were. And so I think that that's what I find um, with some of the clients, that, the women I've been working with lately, they're in like their thirties mm-hmm. or forties and they know they want to make a change, mm-hmm. but they're not really sure how to do that because they're thinking it's going to take a lot of money to make this change yeah. or I'm going to lose money to make this change or right. I've got a family. So how could I, you know, how can I even possibly think about doing that? Yeah. And they haven't even talked to their family. So they don't even yeah. know whether they can or can't. It's just these fears feel mm. really huge. And, and oftentimes it's fear of, or self-doubt. Self-doubt is a huge fear I've heard from women too. I got a friend I was talking with and we are talking about her career journey. And she's somebody I look at as very put together. She mm. is very professional. Um, I would hire her in like an instant to do any sort of business needs I had. And mm-hmm. my perspective of her is that she's very successful. So when we were talking and she was talking about wanting to make her career transition, she was saying, you know, the biggest fear I have right now is that I'm like imposter syndrome, that yeah. I am not yeah. wise enough or capable enough or whatever. And I was shocked because I'm like, I would never expect that because she's so professional. So how do you, you know, like, you know, when we unpacked that, it was like, well, wait a minute, you worked at a bank, you have done all this 
all this experience, you managed a team. What do you mean? Like, where's the imposter? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So much that I just want to touch on that you kind of, so much wisdom there that I want, I want to point out that I heard is the self-doubt thing. First of all, I want to thank you going back to being vulnerable and open with your pain and your doubts with all of your transitions. I think knowing that we're not alone yeah. is a huge weight that can be lifted off yes. of our shoulders. And the fact that imposter syndrome affects everyone, that we all have it. And when you're in it, like you said, when you're in the storm, when you're feeling stuck, it can be really hard and overwhelming to get past that imposter syndrome alone. And so what I'm hearing is as a career empowerment coach, you're really the cheerleader to help them see the truth of the matter. Not that they're faking it, but that the truth is they're not an imposter in what they're going to step into. Yeah. The other thing that I heard and that I, I want to just kind of question is as a career empowerment coach, I would imagine you don't know all the ins and outs of the career paths of your clients. So for you to be coaching someone into the medical industry, to me, tells me that you know more about coaching. Coaching is more about, like you said, listening, tapping into the resources that we already have. So I just wanted to just point that out because if someone is listening, it's like, oh, well, I'm a attorney. Oh, well, I'm a stay at home mom. Oh, well, I'm a librarian. Being a career empowerment coach helps the client, no matter where they're at right now, step into their dream position. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes. And that's so beautiful, Monty, because it's so, it's true. It's, you know, so my belief is that we all are experts of ourselves and our lives. And that sometimes we need somebody to, to listen to us and to encourage us mm-hmm. for that or to trust mm-hmm. ourselves more. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what the empowerment coaching is all about. It's that it's focused on career. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're not talking about marriage or okay. we're not talking about, you know, other things. We're just focusing on the career, mm-hmm. but it's, it's helping people really sort through where they're at. And that's what it is. I'm, I'm kind of like a guide. Yeah. Like, okay, I hear you saying this, tell me more about this mm-hmm. and helping people kind of unpack their path, you know, mm-hmm. or finding their path. And yeah. it's not really, I'm not coming in as this expert saying, you need to talk to this person. You need to fill out your resume like this. You need to mm-hmm. let's prepare you for your interview. I mean, yeah. we could do some of that, but that's right. not what I do. I'm here to help mm-hmm. people who feel a little stuck or maybe fearful of their yep. next step and, and helping them to figure that out. How I really it. appreciate that for sure. And here's the process that I heard when you were talking about your client, I heard the process of number one, name your fear. Like yeah. it's in there. You're still quote unquote stuck, which tells me there's a fear in there. And so once we get it out and known, we can then start to move forward. So number one, I heard was name the fear. Yeah. The second step I heard you take us through was um, list out all your options really get creative and explore finances and time off and different countries and different areas and really just get a list going of options, which would 
lead me to believe that that would help the client feel unstuck instantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my, like, oh my gosh, I have options. Whether we take action or not, that's here and over there. But we're starting to feel a little less stuck with your as with your client. And then he tapped into his community. You suggested that he reached out. Who do you know? Mm-hmm. Who do you know who's doing this? Right. Yeah. And so tapping into a community, which I believe you have an awesome community that we'll get to, um, was another step. And then after that, we take action. Yeah. As uh, I'm an action taker. So a lot of times I can go straight into action, which can trigger even more fears. And so I just really appreciated your taking us through an example of this this one process to get us to action. Going back to community, can you tell us about the community that you have available for free, amazing resources um, for our listeners right now? Yeah. So I've started on Facebook, a group called Courageous Women. Uh, I think it's aligning your strengths with your career dreams or something to that effect. But I think if you were to Google, not Google, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Courageous Women is like the main title. And it's, it's free. I think you just, um, it's private. So just to protect the people in the group who want to talk and process, but it's, it's free to join. You just hit and you know, what's the button on Facebook, whatever you want to join, join group or whatever it is, (laughs) (laughs) whatever that is. (laughs) Going back to uh, your organizational skill. And really articulate, you know, <laughs> strengths. <laughs> hey, you've got a you've got an amazing group, and if, if anybody has Facebook, they know how to join, and we'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> and it's growing; it's a work in progress. It's been up since the end of November 2020, so it's evolving as the women that join mm-hmm. kind of help shape it. So yeah. it, you know, it's not just for women who want to make their career okay. dreams possible. If women who have done it. They are living their dream. They're feeling awesome. Want to join and help others. That's there is room for that there. Um, I think my specialty is working with women who feel stuck, particularly with their career. But you know, room for room for anyone to join. And I love that. I love being in a community because I think the more we can gather and talk and share, the collective experiences uh, elevate us all. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I've seen in your group, right? It's the collective experiences, which is elevating the platform um, that you've provided for us to be a part of. And so it's it's been really amazing. I'm going to, I want to end with a couple things, but I wanted to just make sure I'm not missing anything. Like I said, I'm talking to so many women right now who are in this like, and I don't know, maybe it's coming out of pandemic. Maybe it's the fact that this last year gave us so much time to think and sit and be. I don't know exactly what it is or why, but I'm feeling like there's a lot of women looking for help in this area. So is there any other tips that we haven't tackled or touched on in the last half hour that you want to make sure get known? Yeah, that when you uh, mentioned that even the piece about like dreaming about what kind of a job you want, like what does that look like? Are you working in the day? Are you working at night? Do you work in a cubicle? Do you work in from Starbucks? Do you, you know, where, where are you working? Um, I do have a journal prompt and I would be happy to share that with anybody who would want it. It's just kind of think six questions just to get people thinking about their strengths, that what they do not absolutely like in a career, what kind of an environment just to get people thinking. And maybe like you said, not feel stuck. So I would be happy to share that with any, anybody. Um, We'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And then I think too, 
um, going back to community, what you said is really powerful. Just the piece that what happens in community as well is even if you don't feel like an expert, you're engaging and you start to realize, oh my gosh, actually, I do have a lot more wisdom than I know because yeah. I can jump in and help someone. And yeah. I didn't think I had any expertise. And actually, yeah. I know a lot about, you know, this. And so that's what's so powerful about community too, is, is it, it's empowering for the individual to be able to help. Mm-hmm. And it's empowering for the person who's receiving the help. It's just a really cool experience. Awesome. I completely, completely agree. Okay. So I think you also have an opportunity for our listeners to work with you. Tell us about your clarity call. Yeah. Anybody can book a free 30 minute clarity call with me. What it is is just a chance to kind of learn a little bit more about you. We can get a lot done in 30 minutes. It's also a chance to see if we would be a good fit to work together. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and if my style is going to be a good match and going to be a good help. So 30 awesome. minutes free you know, and I, and people who I have done that with, some will end up booking with me and Mm -hmm. some don't, but everyone has said it's been helpful in some way. Wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Well, I know I've asked you this last time. I hope you forgot what you answered, but Kelly O'Gara, what does living on purpose mean to you? Uh, Living on purpose means being aligned with who you are Mm -hmm. and living that. And, And when you do that, the like joy and peace and success and empowerment that comes forward is just, it's magical and it's amazing. So I think living on purpose is amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Thank you so much for coming back, for spending your time with us, for talking about career transition, fears, obstacles, how to overcome them. I've learned a ton. I think I'm ready to make some moves myself. Um, And I just appreciate you. I appreciate you too, friend. And I just also want to just say really quickly, you were a huge support to me when I was making transitions Mm. from, you know, into counseling. And so coaching is really powerful. It's really helpful. And I just can't thank you enough. And also just can't say enough good things about who you are as a woman and coach as well. Mm. Thank you so much. I, I, I accept that with open, open heart, open, open arms. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time always keep living on purpose.